All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Medical Sales Unfiltered. We got Jacob, as usual, on, and as you guys can see, a new face right here. We got Cameron Forbes, a freshly minted ASR, just fresh out of the field, just finished Hell Week 1. We're going to get some perspective from him. Hopefully, he can give you guys some insight on what that looks like, but it already seems like this man's a stud. He already got a lot of the shit done that takes a lot of people a lot of time and maybe he can give you guys some insight on how to get it done quicker but what's going on everybody how's everybody doing i cannot complain on my end it is uh it's been a long day but i'm, I'm loving it loving it already weekend <laughs> i love it man and things are good and funny enough cam was just on the podcast so it was fun to hear his story and He'll be able to dive in today on it today more of him but like you said our absolute stud you know you know when you're dealing with a stud when they get multiple job offers job offers get a territory manager position um so i i feel like a lot of people are going to have a lot to learn from cam today yeah, i appreciate that that it means a lot now you you guys were the uh i told jacob this but you guys were the ones that i was uh i was watching all the time i was like all right i'm just gonna kind of follow their lead and see what happens and now i'm here <laughs> love it man yeah so okay so how long did it take you to get into the industry so i actually looked this up today for my very first interview um so going back like i started applying to places probably like uh, i'd probably say like beginning of december to like end of november after looking back at things um uh, sent my first linkedin message december 31st and I was like, hey, okay, what's the real time here between my first interview and then when I got the offer? First interview was January 16th. For the first and final offer was um, February 17th. So it was essentially like a month and a day. Um, real time in between interview and offer. There's a lot of other stuff going on before that. And then after you get the offer, you got to do some stuff as well. And before you get, um, before you're actually on payroll. So uh, March 1st was actually my uh, official start day. Yeah, and that's, that's absolutely amazing. Uh, because like that's, I tell people, you know, expect, like for my, my goal was six months. Uh, like I was just like, hey, if I can try to break in in six months, granted it was COVID time, which is a little different. But again, even that, like people I talked to six months because, you know, like everybody knows I talked to a lot of people when I tried to break in. And it's crazy when you hear, I've, I've talked to people, you know, six months was kind of like, okay, you got in pretty fast. So you got extremely fast in man. But then it was like, I talked to people who, they tried for a year, two years, five years. I, I literally talked to people that were in sales that actually tried for seven years and they told me they had people that were trying for seven or eight years and they still never broke in. So again, just showing that you've done the right things, man, to, to get it that quick. And again, that's why we already know that you're going to be a rock star and a stud because, you know, when you have people pulling the trigger with under two months I mean, of trying to go after yeah, I mean, that's, there's a lot to be said about and that. I, and I heard you say that plenty of times and my, my mindset was like kind of the same thing. Like, uh, I would say like six months is around realistically what I was thinking. And then like, I was like, okay, maybe I can break in in like three months though. Like I was like three to six months is a good, like that's fast. That's still very fast. And now looking back, like actually yeah. seeing first interview to, to actual offer being a month that I, I will tell everyone that, that talks to me, I got, I mean, yeah, I worked hard, but there's also some luck in there as well. Talking to the right people um, at the right times, who had the right opening. There's a lot of dominoes that had to fall for that to happen. Um, but I mean, I did, I put in the work. I'm not going to say I didn't do that, but definitely some dominoes had to fall my way to, to make that happen as quickly as it did. And that's just sales. Like we talk about all the time, right? Like there's always a little luck, but the luck comes when you're doing all the action and the work like you did, Cam. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I know we talked about like on the podcast was, uh, I know it took you probably like two or three months from the time of your like, what is medical device sales? Yeah. You know, like, but because you still had to do all your research. And that's the thing I always want to get across to people is like, you're, you're married, you, you're, you're competing with your wife's time, right? You have an actual job that you were doing. And so every free moment that you were doing, you were like researching, doing homework, doing everything extra, as well as doing all this stuff to try to get hired while balancing a family life. And I, I want us to talk about this for a second, because I think that's the number one 
excuse I hear all the time from people who reach out to me is they're like, well, I have a full-time job. And I'm like, well, no crap. Everybody else did like I did too. Yeah. You know, like it's a, it's a lie they tell themselves. So they're like, it's so hard. I work 30 or 40 hours a week already. It's hard to do it. I'm like, yeah, it yep. is. But that's why it's a full-time job and you have to like sacrifice and do stuff. And so I just love to hear your guys' input on that because I hear it all the time when people are trying to break in that's the, one of the one of the most common excuses i hear well it's hard i have a full-time job and i'm like get up at 5 a.m you do it at 9 and 10 o'clock at night you you schedule stuff for the weekends like i remember talking with you cam and because you did like the dietitian some of your, you had long hours and i said hey can you afford to go part-time yep and can you do monday wednesday friday and do hey schedule everybody on your tuesdays and thursdays when you do part-time like, can you financially take that hit to do it to get you to where you want? And it all came down to like sacrifices. Yep. So I'd love to hear your guys' like thoughts and views on that. Yeah, I mean, since it's fresh in my mind, I guess I'll go first. I, um, like my so how my schedule works worked pre- previously was I created my own schedule. So typically my schedule is open from seven a.m. until seven to eight p.m. So again, that's a, a little bit of a, a luck thing there where I can create my own schedule, but sometimes I would have 10 to 12 clients in a day, which is a pretty full client load. Uh, and that varies anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and a half meeting with these clients. So I might have 15 to 20 minutes in between clients. I would schedule a phone call with somebody in the industry there that I, I met with on LinkedIn. Um, and so really it was, and realistically, not a lot of people are going to hop on a call with you after about 7 PM with somebody who's not in the industry, just messing your LinkedIn. So basically I'd say working hours, kind of like eight to eight to five or where I was, um, maybe six, depending on where they were at. But, um, that's really where my phone calls were coming in and I'll just throw them in between. And then after that. I'd say, let's say I see a client until seven or eight o'clock. That's when I would hop on LinkedIn and I'd just start messaging as many people I could and researching. Um, and so that was like my message time. And then depending on when they got back to me, I'd set up a call. Um, and I was prioritizing those calls and I was setting up those calls like interviews. And um, and then so you guys actually came in the picture with like at night, I, I already reached out and I LinkedIn blocked my account and I couldn't send more connections, which happened. Um, I'd yeah. be like, okay. And that's how you know you're doing the work yeah. right there. Exactly. Just to everybody out there. That's how you know you're doing the work. Yep. And they, they would send me like messages all the time like, hey, you know you shouldn't just connect with people you don't know. I'd just X and just keep on going. And then finally they just, they shut me down for like a week. Um, so that's actually where I found you guys. When I got shut down... Actually, no, I found you guys before that, but when I shut, got shut down, I just listened to all you all stuff. So, um, Jacob, your podcast with different people, Pierre, your um, just info, and then I found another guy too, um, Colby Wood. That was really the three people that I found, you two and then him, that I just deep dove into all that, and that was extremely helpful, especially the... I mean, just from someone in the industry who's giving, basically like giving you answers at the test, you just have to do the work. And when you see people being able, like basically writing out for you, it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but because it's not at all, but it's really helpful. And that's, that's what I would do in between as well. So that's kind of how my time worked out. And then my wife would be in the car with me and I'd pop on the podcast or something. Um, and she'd hear Jacob or she'd hear Pierre and she'd be like, okay, well, here, here we go with these guys again. But it, it worked out. Um, it worked out. I mean, it, I had to, like, I knew I had to put in work and it was, it was actually fun too. I mean, that was, I, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't enjoy it. Like I like talking to people. I like learning new things. It was a new challenge, still is a new challenge and will be for a while. Um, yeah, that's kind of how my process went. I just opened up my schedule from the time I woke up to the time I basically passed out. I was either working or doing this. And Jacob, like you said, everybody's got the same 24 hours in a day. It doesn't matter if you're a CEO or you literally don't have a job. You have the same 24 hours in a day, and it's up to you to kind of just make the best of that. And that's my that's my entire mindset, to be honest. Yeah. I just posted on Instagram actually this week and I found a little screenshot and I was like, mother truckers tell me it must be nice all the time. And it's like, we all got the same 24 hours. Yep. It's just my ass is up. 
four or five or I'm staying up till 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night doing extra stuff. I'm reaching out. I'm making the most of my 24 hours. Even though we're on social media, not sitting on TikTok and just watching it, trying to create it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's yeah. difference and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those where the funny thing that, like, you bring that up again, the 24 hours and everybody has it. And it's like it must be, you know, it happens in threes. Like, you guys just talked about it and literally... It was, uh, I think it was Floyd Mayweather Jr. It was uh, just, I just saw one of his little talks on it and he was talking about how, you know, the reason that he's better than everybody else is because while they're sitting there doing their job, his job is focusing on what he does best. Yep. And those eight hours that you're losing doing your job, he's already eight hours ahead of you. So what are you going to do to be better than him when it comes to his craft? Yep. And uh, getting back to what you were talking about, the, the funny thing is it's wild, you know, the different stories that everybody has on, on how they got into the industry because my background, my story was obviously I had that B2B sales and I reached out to one person and that one person happened to be the hiring manager that hired me and it just turned out literally, I don't know how I was linked up with the guy on LinkedIn. I saw like I, I typed in striker and I had a first connection with them. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to send them a message and just ask them about the industry, how to get in. And that's what I did. So I tell everybody to network and sure enough, there I am. I send a message and right his response right back was send me a resume. I got an opening and I was not ready. So kind of like to Cameron's point right there, I was up all night just working on my resume, figuring out what I needed to do to make myself look better and get myself on his calendar. And I was living in Houston at the time and uh, started started like having to travel to go meet up and go do those uh, interviews. And then we finally moved into Austin and that my, but my interview process was, man, I, wanna, I, I think if I remember, I was like four or five months long. So for you to plow through the striker interview process within like two months, that's what's wild. Cause a lot of people, I still hear from people that are seven, eight interviews in over the course of seven to eight months. And I've talked about it before where you start losing some really solid ca candidates when you got to get everybody's approval to get hired at a company. You would much rather, you know, if you're that person that's going through that entire process, as I tell everybody, Jacob tells people like, don't do not like let off the throttle until you start day one yeah. because you can get a job offer and if you're not starting day one that they can fall through maybe maybe they decide they don't need until you sign that employee. offer letter and you've you've seen your comp plan you've agreed to everything until you actually sign it send it back and they say okay you're, you don't have the job yep yeah i would say too like again another place where it kind of just like worked out for me is i started looking at the medical device industry at the perfect time where they're resetting quotas. They are basically the beginning of the year when they're resetting everything from that January to position. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, well, we kind of need somebody for this this place because quotas most likely going to go up to X amount or whatever the case is, um, or somebody gets promoted. And it's typically, I don't want to say it's always happening at, at this time because it's not, there's always positions open, but this is kind of like the the heightened time of where you're going to get get a position because um, I know of other people in the industry or actually in the interview process right now and the end of the interview process is getting sped up a little bit because they want someone in there like my tentative start date was March 14th through the 20 I think the 28th or something like that um, my background check just went through a lot quicker um, and my region, I was actually in my regional manager invited me to go to a, a team conference with a bunch of people from the region, uh, our region, and then two other regions, which is awesome. And I wasn't going to get paid for it, but I'm like, I'm going to still go. Uh, first day she nudges me on the knee and says, Hey, your background check just passed. And I was like, okay, awesome. And then 30 seconds later, she looks at me again. I was like, you want to start tomorrow? I was like, well, I'm already here. So I, I was ready two weeks ago. So let's get it going. Um, so then that, that's how I got, um, I mean, my background check was literally supposed to take like three to six weeks and it took like, and I just tried to knock out as many things as I could. 
the first day I finished everything and then it came back, I think in like a week or a week and a half or something. Um, so everything just kind of lined up and, um, I keep saying lucky. I worked hard, but like I said, the dominoes had to fall in the perfect scenario to have me start that quickly too. Yeah. But like you said, you put in the work and I, and I think that would be a good like touching point, like cause, cause we're on it, you know, you're going through it, you're living through it. We talk about it all the time. People are like, what's the onboarding process, right? Like the, the number one question, I already did a podcast about it, but I always laugh. They're always like, are they going to train you on the product you're going to sell? And I'm like, no, they're just going to pay you a bunch of money. And like the company's going to like die out because no, yes, they're going to do it. But like the thing that people don't understand is like you said, background check, drug test, you know, like they, you're going to have to go somewhere and pee in a cup and make sure that you haven't had any illegal stuff most of the time. You know, like you've got to go get all your new vaccinations that you need um, with it. And I think that's something to be said. Again, everyone's going to have their different feelings on COVID, you know, and that's okay. But I literally just talked to a regional manager. He's hired three people. They all said they were going to get, they well, one refused to get the COVID vaccine. One, <clears throat> one person um, said they were going to get it, so they started them. And then the last day that he had possible to get it, he's like, hey, I'm not getting it anymore. So he went through all this and the manager's like, well, thanks for wasting my time. Um, but I think that's something that should be stated with when we're going to the vaccinations. Again, no matter what you feel about the COVID vaccine, again, everyone's going to have their own different opinion. 99% of the time, if you're coming into medical device sales, you got to get it. Like, yeah. that's just, it is what it is. Like, you may not like it. And like, and I know people in the industry that don't like it and they're leaving the industry because of the COVID shot. And that's everybody's personal choice. But I think I just wanted to state that real quick because after talking to that manager, he's like the fourth manager I've had when they are trying to hire people. And like, that was one of the big talks even with my manager when they came out, they're like, are you getting it? Because the company didn't make us get it. But like out here in Arizona, the hospitals did. So if you didn't have the COVID vaccine, you can't get in the hospital. Well, if I can't get into my hospital, I now can't do my job. My business is going to fall off. And now I'm not doing what I was hired to do. And that's how the, the company would look at it. Yeah. And that's the same thing I, um, I had to do as well. So I already had the, my original vaccine and then I got COVID right before I was about to get the booster. So I don't have the booster yet, but as I'm going through all my credential process, because basically, like you said, you have to get your background check, you got to get your drug test, you have to get all your updated vaccines, immunization. So I went to this um, express clinic down the road. They took blood from me twice. They gave me a couple different vaccines. Um, they're actually the only holdup right now of me getting through all my credentialing. I'm still waiting on them to send me my blood work back. Um, yeah. And and one thing that pisses me off is when people overpromise, underdeliver. They said it'd be back in one to two days. It's been like four or five days. And I'm like, I've called them three times. They haven't answered. So. Whenever people don't do their job, that kind of pisses me off a little bit, but that's another subject. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like the onboarding process for me is right now it's prioritizing vendor credentialing. So my region is basically two and a half to three hours around my area in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'll go basically two and a half, three hours. Out. So essentially I am, I have eight or nine other reps um majority of the time i'm going to be in charlotte but i need to be credentialed at those other places so there's multiple different credentialing services that require different things some require the booster some do not if you want to go in that the hospital requires the booster you have to get it so i mean there that you just have to do that to do your job which if you don't want to do that, like I understand that people don't want to do it for a variety of reasons and I'm, I'm all for your own personal beliefs. But if you want to be in medical device sales and you want to be in the hospital, you're kind of at their mercy on what you what you can and can't get. Um, so, yeah, that's like basically doing vendor credentialing now and also doing like self uh, self-study modules. Um, I should be done with my vendor credentialing and be able to get into hospitals um, that require that type of thing. But then I mean, as soon as they send me back this stuff, it should be, I would guess, within the next like one to two days. Um, but tomorrow will be the day, first day I actually go out in the field and start basically shadowing reps, um, shadowing in-service, uh, in-services with our products. 
So that's going to be interesting. That'd be the first time I've actually seen our products um, in in action. Uh, because the basically how they set it up is they have to wait until they get enough new hires to set up a training where you fly out to uh, fly out to wherever you're going to do your training at. Um, and so I'm just we're just kind of waiting on more people to get hired. I would assume within the next like one to two months, I'll fly out and do training. Um, but for now, it's just like get as much credentialing as you can done so you can get out in the field and get real world training. Um, then it makes the it makes the the sales training aspect super easy whenever you've already seen what what's your what's good with your product, what are some potential um, issues that um, that some of your clients may have. Um, it, it, I think that that makes it a little bit easier, but you guys would know more than I would. So we'll see how that goes. What, uh, what What's it like right now trying to get in? Because I know whenever I first started, like literally day one from the day that I was hired, I was already covering cases. Luckily, again, I had a senior rep that I was shadowing. But before I even started day one, we, we already knew that I was going to be starting and I did those cases with him like on the weekend, walked through them and everything because he told me, hey, dude, like come case two, I got to go to another case or you're going to have to take over. And so, I mean, I was sitting there studying up, trying to get ready for it. And I wasn't credentialed whatsoever, probably going to get in trouble because I'm on the podcast right now and hospitals are going to realize this stuff. But yeah, so like I was sneaking into the hospitals and luckily we had, uh, Jake and I were talking about this uh, last podcast, like I had great relationships that I could get into places due to him. Whereas like his hospitals are like, get the fuck out of here. Like, who are you? We don't want you here right now. And so luckily, you know, I was able to get in go cover cases before my credential was even done. And that was kind of an expectation, you know, like they know how long it takes to get your credentials done, but they also expect you to be covering cases. And for you, you know, to be covering your product and selling the product day one, essentially. So how, how is it right now? Like if you, I, I know COVID has changed a lot of things. Like, are you impossible for you to get in like even with a fantastic relationship from one from your partner or uh you're getting you could get into some stuff if they wanted to get you in yeah i would say it wouldn't be impossible but there's certain accounts that i don't necessarily need to be credentialed to go in like tomorrow's it's a um uh basically an endoscopy center that i'm going into that i don't need to be credentialed to get into um but like these big accounts they are going to require you to be credentialed, especially if you come in and you're brand new. They're going to, I mean, I'm not completely sure how good the relationship would like would have to be for them to just kind of like, okay, yeah, go on in because um, I haven't experienced it yet. But luckily, I went through this pretty quickly, so I don't think I'm going to have to deal with that. Um, but yeah, I can, I can basically... I've let my reps know, like, hey, I'm ready to get out in the field. And so luckily one called me today and was like, hey, I've got uh, got an in-service coming up. think it would be a good opportunity for you just to see the product. Um, it's about an hour and a half away. But, I mean, that's I'm completely fine with driving. That's not a big deal to me. I need to see the product in action as much as possible. Um, I think that's the best way to learn it is just be there and learn it from the reps that are have been doing it for two, three four plus years. Um, so my thought process going into this in service is, so I'll be, I'll be with two most of the time, just based off of their business and recent sales and those types of things. But I would have those two, two, three. So it'd probably be around like seven, um, seven or eight different reps, um, that I could go to. Um, but majority of the time it's going to be tight. That's why I'm surprised. Man. I didn't like, yeah. <laughs> no, that's no, wild. I, I, the dude uh, was a killer when I mean, my roommates come home. My, my team was like three, four at, at like a max, uh, for a while. And then when we went to trauma, it definitely got a lot bigger, but um, yeah, that's wild. That so because as the ASR, so are all those other reps full line, and they're gonna expect you to like go take care of some stuff. Like they can kind of send you around to do you know their bidding when they don't feel like going to that certain account, or um, is it a little bit different? Yeah, so I would say 
first of all, they got to trust me with their clients. So building up that trust first and letting them like showing them like, Hey, I, I know what I'm doing with an in-service or a product. Cause what's, what's different for me is like, I'll, I'll be in cases, but not necessarily like, uh, like all the time. So my day isn't just going to be me being in cases because my, essentially my product is all of my products in my bag are, um, OR safety. So my call points are only going to be surgeons. It's going to be, um, the OR, uh, OR director, the nursing manager, the, um, basically like anybody, like there's, there's a lot of, a lot more call points. So I'm not necessarily going to be in cases all the time. So a lot of things I'll do in the beginning are probably going to be in services. So one, I can learn the product by teaching other people, um, and just education in general. And then I'd slowly expand to going out and cold calling um, different accounts that maybe, um, maybe that one of my reps in Greensboro, which is about an hour, hour and a half away, says, hey, this is a pretty warm lead here. I don't have time to go do it, but I, I, I've already introduced you. I, they already know who you are. So you can ride out there and you can see what you can do. Um, essentially, how it's going to work, uh, from, what I've, from what I understand, is... Once I get my kind of get my bearings of everything, they're essentially gonna let me own one of the products in the bag. So maybe one that's not sold as much, uh, and then be like, "Hey, this is yours. Own it. See what you can do with it. See if you can drive some sales up. Go to whatever accounts you want to go to. It's basically like full autonomy. We're not gonna micromanage you, which I love, um, and just kind of figure it out based off of the information you've you've gained from all these other reps." Um, but I, I would assume, and from what I've been told, I'm going to be in my area majority of the time because there's other reps in my region that are, um, uh, pretty early on. Uh, we have like, we have three rookie reps, um, in our region right now that were ASRs, uh, previously. So they're not super tenured, so they're kind of figuring it out as well. But I'll, I told them too, like, Hey, if you need something from me, you let me know. I'll get out there as, as quickly as I can. So, I mean, driving two and two, two and a half hours, that's not a big deal. So I, I can definitely do that. So let me ask you, kind of going back to right before you got into this role, and this would go to Jacob as well. Like, did you guys know what you were getting into? Like, like your role, as we, as you were just explaining, has a lot more call points than just the surgeon, right? Whereas whenever I got started, my call point was essentially just the surgeon. Yeah, I'm going to go talk to the materials manager to go get POs. Yes, I could talk to maybe um, a nurse navigator and different things like that. Like that all kind of comes a little bit later, but the relationship I really need to build right now is within the OR. Did you know what you were going to be getting into prior or... Was this like learning about the products, all those kind of things? Like when you go see something here tomorrow or the next day, is it going to completely blow your mind or, or what? What's going on? You got it, Kim. Yes. Yeah. So I, I um, luckily I knew from almost the very beginning the division I wanted to be in um, just after talking to this regional manager. That's my regional manager currently. Uh, like I said, it was kind of like, all the stars aligned and it was just perfect. Um, and she was awesome. And so I was like, dang, like that's how all these managers are. Like, that's not what I've heard from other people. Um, and so I, I knew kind of, I wanted to go that route. And the more I researched it, um, and the more I started getting offers and basically I had multiple offers from the same company and I had to focus, like, basically they told me you, you have to pick, we do not cross interview people across divisions so you got to pick so i you picked this one this and so now with this first say that again you broke up a little bit i was saying you and jacob are pissing people off right now with these multiple offers <laughs> yeah i know i know hey uh, if like, you ain't first you're last baby ricky booby that's true that's true <laughs> Uh, hey, like I told Jacob, I just pretended that I was going up against like another him or me or you. And I was like, I mean, I got to go all out. And so it, it worked out. But uh, 
but yeah, so I like essentially I knew what I was getting into because of how many people I talked to. Um, once I knew that this was a division I wanted to be in, I literally went on LinkedIn, just typed in my my division with my company, and then connected to literally every single person across the country that I could. And then I talked to them more about like, hey, what do you what do you see about the future of this division? Um, what are the pros and cons of this division? What's the hardest product to sell? What's the easiest one to sell? Um, what what are are your call points? Are you always in cases? Are you at the mercy of a, um, a surgeon schedule? Like, what does that look like? And so, I essentially knew the I knew the reps role. I knew the reps role much better than I did the ASR role, to be honest. Um, I, I reached out to a bunch of ASRs too, but it really depended on the the rep they were under, the region they were in. So I would say I had a pretty good idea. Um, I actually liked the idea of not always being in cases and having multiple different call points and having a variety of different relationships. Um, I like that. I still want to be in cases throughout. And the good thing about my product is the cases I'll be in will be a, a variety of cases because it's waste management. So I'll be in, I mean, it, I could, it could be a brain surgery. It could be um, some type of laparoscopic surgery. It could be a variety of different things. I'm going to see a lot of different surgeries, which I, I really like. I think that's going to be awesome. What about you, Jacob? Yeah. Uh, so like same with Cam, right? I reached out to a bunch of people. I, I chose mine. Everyone else always asks, Hey, why'd you choose your one? A, um, work life balance. You know, when I talk to a lot of people to also full line sales rep, if anybody knows what a full line sales rep is, you know, like I don't have to be the associate. Nobody was telling me what to do besides like talking with my manager, the, the pay right away is given. And I joke around and say the only way I'm leaving is if I quit or I get fired, right? Compared to after associate, you're hoping another place opens up. But like, like peers going to is like, did I have an idea? Yeah, because I saw it online, right? And I talked to enough reps, but you don't actually know what you're getting into till you actually get into it. And it's like drinking from a fire hose, like day four, I was in a case. At day four, I barely knew what my product was. You know, I did. I barely knew how to put it together. Like Pierre was studying. I'm sitting on my phone. We had an app. I went through it all three hours the night before, seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night, getting up, sleeping, can't sleep because you're trying to learn it, waking up at 5 a.m., making sure I'm going through it so I can teach other people. Still had to call my rep. Um, he was my partner, Alex, who was in Vegas at the time. That's why I had to go cover the case and it was in my territory, right? So you just, you don't know. And then also, like I joke around, my company, my onboarding experience was very different from everybody else. My field sales trainer, love him to death, great dude. Now we, we have a great relationship now, ghosted me the first month. I didn't have anything, you know, my company car, my computer that I have with them showed up, my, my car showed up four weeks late. My credit card showed up late for the company. Like I didn't have any information. I was just talking to a guy today about it. Like literally on day three or day two, like it literally had no information and training for me wasn't for another two weeks. I got in my car and just like went and called on office. Like I, I just walked in just being the dumb and young dude I was and be like, hey, I'm the new trooper rep, right? Like doing all that stuff and hand my stuff out. Um, but I just say that I didn't know my calling points, right? You talk about it in the interview process, but you say surgeons, right? But like, then you find out like you're saying, well, you know, I've got deals done with surgeons. I've got deals done with uh, OR directors, with SPD supervisors, with materials managers. Like there's so many different call points that you are like when we say call points actually points that i was talking to in the or and getting deals done and like my manager told me she had never heard of somebody myself making a deal with spd supervisor to get money like to actually get our stuff purchased before never heard of it right and that was just by me like going and talking with everybody not knowing you know so to answer the question did i have an idea quote unquote yes but like again like our our experience was very different it was sink or swim like talk to my manager on the phone but my teammate was here otherwise if my teammate wasn't here it was just me by myself like i said half my stuff didn't even come in on time i'm trying to balance things so it was a very different um experience in that realm i had a had an awesome like initial finding out of what the role was because when i was interviewing i got to meet the senior rep and 
during that interview process, you you don't necessarily, for the most part, get to do ride-alongs because you do need to get credentialed into the hospital and different things like that. But there are some cases where these facilities don't require it. So sure enough, like he sends me a message. I'm not supposed to be doing a ride-along, but he sends me a message to get to know me to see if this is something that I really want to get into. And during that interview process, I went and I covered two cases him basically shadowing and so I, I at least got to see like what it was that I would be getting into what it was like in the OR what like the etiquette that you should be providing inside of the OR looks like it was so funny because now I look at it and the facility that he took me to he told me to look at the OR board and I need to get used to being able to glance at a board see whose name is on there see what competitors are on there kind of figure all that stuff out write it down like on a little note sheet so that I know what to do to go competitively sell and I'd be staring at this board and it turns out like this place literally there's like like two doctors that, that work out of it and they use all of our products so like he's making me feel like like I'm about to get caught. He's like, get, quit looking at the board, man. But like, that's what he told me to do. And then sure enough, like it's one of those offices where like, they don't even give a shit. Like I could literally like get right in front of it and write everything down write if down I right wanted to. They're like, just talking. <laughs> exactly. And so it was cool. Like I, I, I saw that. Uh, I would hope that a lot of other people could have an experience like that. Cause it, it does get, get you more involved to what the the life could really be like because we've talked about it so many different times cam just touched on it on work-life balance like when you're in the or and your purpose is to bring those tackle boxes in and you need to know your product your work-life balance is a lot different than what cam's work-life balance is going to look like because what he's doing is selling a product into the OR, but then once he gets the buy-in from a surgeon, now he's got to sell it to the hospital or the surgery center or this or that. So like that call point ends up changing a lot. Whereas that's not really the same, like in my, like my field, that's not how it was. That's similar to like what Jacob's field is. Jacob's got to be covering those cases on top of going and trying to sell it into all of those other offices. Yeah. And I, and I quick, I, I just want to touch on, cause you made some great points real quick where if you're saying about like looking at the board, there are facilities that they catch you, they'll kick you out. Like if you're sitting there writing stuff down, like if you guys are trying to break into med device sales and you're looking at it, like there are some facilities, they don't want you looking at the board to be like writing down competitive because again, they're not like, this isn't supposed to be like a war zone in the OR, right? So they will make it known like, you know, that, so just like he's saying, Every morning I go into my one account, they're a little more relaxed, but every morning I go in, sometimes my surgeon's the very first name on the board. I act like I don't see it. And I'm like, oh, bam, bam, just checking all of them. And then I'm taking like little writes and notes or acting like I'm texting someone, writing down all the competitive doctors, right? So that's like notes. So something that is super important. Number two, where you're talking about, hey, if you're not credentialed or whatever, how can you have tips? I will say this because I literally didn't know anybody. There's a video on my LinkedIn. I went and handed out my resume to reps. And I literally just walked into hospitals during COVID, heart of COVID, and just walked in. And when I joked around with people, how I got in, you just act like you know what you're doing. You literally just act like you know yeah. where you're going, even though I was super lost. I was like, I'll get to the elevator and I'll figure it out. Um, and, and I walked in with my business attire and I had a, a brief, like a, like a folder showing that I had like papers and documents to make myself look important. I literally just saw a TikTok where they were like, we'll just bring a ladder in everywhere. And they got into every single place they went because they had a ladder and they acted like they knew where they were going. So I joke around with is like confidence is key when you're doing that. Um, and then, and then also just talking about the ride alongs, right? I, I was fortunate enough. It wasn't for my product. My buddy was an ortho. He let me come in and ride along and he's like, Hey, you to follow behind me. You don't look at anybody. You act like you know what you're doing. You shut your mouth. You don't say one word. And he's like, and then he's like, if they ask, you're my associate that we just hired, right? And so he went and printed off two badges, right, and got me because I wasn't. I was still a trainer at the time. I didn't have anything. But the reason I'm saying this is sometimes with those smaller surgery centers or those endoscopy places, you can get away with it because they're not as strict. There's more of that relationship. So, and if they know the rep, you're good. But like. I'll just be honest, some of those big hospitals, like let's just bring up uh, some of the biggest ones. If you if you think if you think hospitals, think of the nicest ones. Um, we have them in Arizona, they're in Minnesota, all that good stuff. If you walk in there and you look around once, a nurse, not anybody else, a nurse will be like, Who are you here for? And if you don't, if you don't know, they'll kick you out. 
you know so like each facility is going to be super different so you just learning the facilities doing that but like again myself how i even found reps literally walked into hospitals during the heart of covid and just acted like i knew i was doing i said hey i'm going to the or or something no that's incredible um i do have a question though because with that being said, I made a video sp specifically more towards striker that you could possibly use like in any of the other fields and any of the other companies when it comes to like a presentation and like what the product looks like, what you should be actually honing your skills on when you want to go into the interview process to talk about it. But Cam, like a question that Jacob and I get a lot and I want to know your feedback on it is medical sales college because Basically, the way that I look at this program is it's what Jacob and I just talked about. It's a wrap that takes you behind the closed doors, gets you behind that curtain so that you can see what that what that looks like, what it's like to be in the OR. Um, you're working on sawbones, different things like that. Maybe I don't think they have a cadaver lab, but if they did, that'd be cool. But uh, like, so you get to kind of get the experience of it, but in your opinion, do you know what medical sales college is? Um, what are your thoughts on it? And if not, we can talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So I actually, um, when I was searching, when somebody mentioned medical device sales to me, first thing I did was I went on Google and I Googled job, job listings and tried to apply to them. Well, medical sales college pops up whenever you Google like open jobs and medical device sales. So I clicked on it and uh, I was legitimately thinking about doing it for, for a little while. And so I just kind of started weighing the pros and cons um, with the amount of money. I think it, I mean, you hear some people say it was 14 grand when I looked at it in person for the 12 week program, I think it was 17 something. Um, and so I legitimately thought about it and was like, okay, well, how do I make this work? Because they, they put all those numbers on there with like your placement rates and um, your how much money you make and all those things. That was before I knew what an associate rep was. That was before I knew what, like, I didn't even know what Stryker or Medtronic or Smith and Nephew or Arthrex. I didn't know what any of those were at this point. Um, and so I'm like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, this looks like a very legitimate option at this point. It's just a lot of money. And then luckily, I looked up, like, I just, because I see the money, I'm like, okay, is this worth it? So I literally Google, is medical device sales worth it? Jacob pops up. And um, that's the first video, that's the first video I watched. And then the second video I watched was Pierre, and the third was Colby. That's where I found you three at. Um, and so I'm watching it. And I'm like, okay, well, Jacob just networked and, and worked his way in here. And he's got a similar background as I do with the, the personal trainer. I'm, I'm essentially a personal trainer or was a personal trainer, but on the nutrition side of things. Very similar backgrounds. Um, I've got a sports science minor. What I learned was it's a lot of anatomy and just like learning anatomy, which I've had so many anatomy courses and biology courses in college. Um, and then there was only about a week of sales and that's what I felt like. I, I mean, I'm in, I was in a sales position previously, but I, I just felt like the, the benefits I could get out of it wasn't worth essentially what, what I thought was, okay, what I'm going to do instead of the 12 weeks at 17 grand, what if I took 12 weeks just to network as hard as I possibly could reach out to as many people as I possibly can and break in that way. And it took me four weeks. So four weeks from first interview to the office. you saved all your money. Let me, and I saved all that money. Let's make it very clear on that. So, yeah. And I, I'm not sitting here saying that like medical sales college and people that go to that are not going to be successful because that's not the case. Um, I've seen people that went to medical sales college years back or even recently that have a job but i think the biggest thing is is if you go to medical sales college you are still going to have to put in just as much work as i did or jacob did or pierre did to get to get the job yeah. you can't just go into it not network at all and expect to just be handed a job that is not going to happen 
Yeah. And you can already see me. I'm chomping at the bit on this one because, like Pierce says, I literally get calls every month. I get people who are crying. Um, so this is, this is my talk. I think it has a place. I think for the person who's lazy, who doesn't want to do the work, who isn't driven, and, and doesn't have a science background or doesn't know about medical device sales at all, and they just want to physically be there, I think it has a place for 20 grand, right? Because I talked to someone the other day, it's now 20K or more. Um, and again, this is never, this is always my personal opinion, but like this is just my talk, right? If you have a science background at all, you don't need it because, like you said, 11 of the weeks is like going through anatomy. And let me just make this clear they'll show you the video of you doing a sawbone. I've had, you guys go to my podcast. I literally have people who've had it. They, you're going to have experiences that they loved it and people who are like, you don't need it. But it's like, it's not like you're doing everything. It's like you're with three other people and you get to do one screw into a bone and then they get to do another screw into a bone and you literally touched it for 10 seconds. You literally can go get a thing and go do it to the piece of wood and you'll be more effective on that, right? Because here's the reality. You as the, the rep, you're not doing that. You're not screwing anything in. That's the surgeon's job, right? And so that's my talk with every single person. Why do I care? Like, for example, why do I care about the hip if I get into, you know, urology? Why do I care about the hip if I get into GYN? I don't. My company's going to teach me that. Um, so that's like my number one. Number two, the the money. Again, I was the same way. I'm a cheap dude here. I'm like, why would I go and spend all this money? And we'll talk numbers, right? They, they say 98% job placement or whatever it is they have now, 80. Um, I'm just being straight up. I get a call once to twice a month with somebody crying because they dropped 20K and them and their 12 other teammates that they have on it don't even have an interview. Not an interview. And they've been out for two, three months. And so like, it's always going to come back to number one thing, who your professor is, because it's going to go back to networking. Who's the connections that they have? Do they like you? And did they reach out to someone on your behalf? Like straight up. That's every person that I'm talking to, that's what's happening. And then number two, like Cameron said, you still have to do all the work. So every single human being that calls me, it's they, medical sales college tells them not to do any work because they need to focus on this. But then once they get done with the 12 weeks, A, they didn't learn, like they learned certain stuff, but then they didn't network. And it's what I've said. I train millionaires. I train all this. It's not what you know. It's who you know. Nobody cares what you know because they can teach you what you know in this industry. It's who you know, especially because even when you go to medical sales college, you don't have the experience. You haven't actually talked to a doctor. You haven't got yelled at. You haven't actually helped in a case. You just screwed into a piece of block of wood, which we can go to Home Depot and do the same thing. And I can, I'll pay you to do it for five bucks, right? Like that's the, the difference. And like, so I, I just say that and I get super passionate about it because like I, I literally get the calls of people crying every month because they're like, I spent all this money and do it. And so like, that's my feeling on medical sales college of like, hey, we have free content everywhere. You wanna learn about it? 20 hours, because you're gonna do a lot more in medical sales college and you can go it and Pierre and I, I have hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of screenshots of people saying I got in from teachers, bartenders, trainers, former salespeople, literally every background, because it's how you tell your story. Um, so that's my big thing. But if you're just like, you don't want to do that, you don't want to learn on your own and you want someone to spoon feed it to you, go to medical sales college, drop the money. Um, and then the last thing I do want to say, because I literally just talked to a manager today and I probably talked to one probably once a month that says the same thing. They actually will go out of their way. Managers will go out of their way to not hire from medical sales college. And let me tell you why. Two things. One manager I talked to last week said he does it because he's hired four and they all sucked. And two, what happens with medical sales college is the call I get every single day. I paid $20,000, I went to class and nobody called me for a job. Well, you spoiled brat. Nobody's gonna give you a job. You gotta work your butt off. And that, like, I, I'm being really dramatic and I'm being like that, but that's literally what my regional managers tell me. They're like, they're all brats because they think because they pay 20 grand, they deserve a job. And like, that's where my talk is every single time I had him on my podcast. I had a guy on my podcast. He, he was a refugee. He's doing this for his family. You tell me who's going to freaking work harder and be a better rep. The person who's working for their family and has nothing and is doing everything or the person who mommy and daddy paid for their college or they took out a $20,000 loan and now they're expecting to get a job. Like that's just straight up. 
And so a lot of people don't want to hear that. And again, let's just be straight up. There's people in medical sales college, they're doing great in this industry. And they got in because of medical sales college. And that's awesome. But I'm going to go from the majority. Everybody reads these numbers, which from my experience with people who call me and cry on the phone, I don't know if I would believe those numbers. But I, I think you'd be better off to go do it on your own. And then the last thing I want to talk about, like with medical sales college, is I hear this all the time. People call me and they're like, oh my God, Jacob, I got accepted. I was one of like 18 candidates. And I'm like, oh, you were accepted to pay him $20,000? That's great. Maybe I, hey, you want to join Jacob McLaughlin's course and I'll pay, I'll charge you 20 k You got to put an application in and it might be competitive, but you might get in, right? And I'm like, they've done a great job marketing. And that's what it is. It's a great marketing. And again, I, I'm glad that they've had their success. But also, let me just make this clear. Go look at people who are at medical sales college because I used to have them reach out to me on LinkedIn. I haven't seen one over two years that have been there. The professors, they haven't been there for more than a year or two because they do it and then they quit. You know what I mean? Because they're actually in it. So again, I'm going to be a biased person. But it's and the reason I'm biased and I'm just straight up with it because I've had a thousand too many phone calls of people crying to me where they've dropped a bunch of money to where they were promised or thought they didn't have to do any work and then that they're gonna get a job. And again, let me just make sure, make this clear. That wasn't medical sales college putting that out there to make them think they didn't have to do work. They were in their own minds thinking, I pay the money, I go to this college and then I get a job. And then again, that's why a lot of my regional managers literally just talked to one tonight and he's like, I'll never hire from there because they get people who have a bad interpretation. And again, it turns into the call I get from people that are associate reps like Cameron would be and have to go run a, uh, a tray, you know, in three months. And I get a call from someone who's an associate. They're like, well, that, why should I have to do that? My territory manager should do that. And I'm like, that's what you were hired for. That's literally your job. You were hired to run a tray, you know? So Again, I could talk about this for hours. I have made podcasts about it, but like, yeah, that's that's my feelings on it. Well, I'll um, I'll touch on this real quick. So the there was a specific moment in time where I doubled down on myself and accepted like, okay, I'm not doing that. It was actually I was watching one of Jacob's podcasts and it was with a I can't remember exactly what she did, but she was she was successful. And the reason why she she went to medical sales college, I believe she was a teacher yeah, previously. Amanda. And she's great. And that's why um, and she she was full for medical sales yeah. college. She she thought it was like the gateway to get her in, but she did a lot of the work, like you're gonna say. Yeah. So I I saw that and I, the and that showed me that I didn't want to go to medical sales college because she was basically explaining to me what I was already doing. Like I'm already networking with all these people. I'm already, I have a, I have a full-time job and I'm still networking with all these people. It was It was exactly what she was doing. And I understand her side of things where she has no, like no biology background, no medical background whatsoever. So being able to see these different joints, muscles, tendons, bones, all those things, whatever she's looking at, like I don't know how their curriculum is exactly set up. But, um, but I saw all the work she was doing on top of that. And I was like, well, I'm already doing that. Like I'm already networking with all these people. Like that's what's getting you into this industry because they're, they see you work hard. Like you you want this so bad that you're waking up early, networking with them at however, whatever time she's waking up, staying after. Like she, it was the hard work that got her there. And I realized that after watching that and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to double down on myself and put this, just reinvest this 17 grand into myself somehow. Um, and it, it worked out for the best, but that was the exact moment that I knew like, okay, I'm not doing that. Um, it is in my opinion, wasn't worth it for myself because I had that anatomy background. I already knew those things. Um, and so that, that was, that was a great decision on my part. Now looking back, um, but yeah, that was the that was the exact moment I realized like nope, that's and not. You got me. multiple job offers with a top company by trusting in yourself and not going to that. Yeah. Yep. And that and that's kind of what I wanted to touch on was just basically like when I first learned about it, the idea behind it of understanding what you could learn in the OR is cool, but it's definitely not a twelve week course. 
definitely not a 20 grand option for you to learn those things. Like that's the whole purpose. And I said it in my video too, like that's the whole purpose of being like an ASR and learning the role. The company is going to teach you to do that. Will this cut, will, will this like organization get you an interview? They might get you one, but if you don't get that job, exactly like Jacob was saying, like, what have you done to make sure that you have other job opportunities lined up? Because they're not going to get you your job. They might open a door, but if that door closes, you better have some other options because, you know, you just invested a ton of money and hopefully that lights a fire under you to, you know, I guess, make it to the next level. But beyond that, like, it, it's definitely one of those things where there's enough information out there now, maybe not 10 years ago, but there's definitely enough information now for you to make a more like, like, uh, like understandable idea of what it looks like to be in the OR, what it looks like to be behind, you know, the OR table and understand what that etiquette looks like and even talk to somebody like one of us or another rep that will tell you all about it because more people are talking about it now but that kind of brings me back to to jacob jacob was telling me about some stuff he's been working on and i don't know yeah, if he wants yeah, to yeah, hint no, at it right sure. now i appreciate that peter like because what we talked about I, i'm tired of getting the calls of people crying after they've spent a bunch of money um and you know i've, I've been very blessed to have hundreds of messages, been able to help so many people break in. And, you know, I, I wanted to keep giving back. And so like, that's why for me, I, I actually put a course together. It's good. It's not all the way finished. Um, it's all reported. We're working on, you know, I have somebody working on getting it all packaged and everything, but it's going to be a course teaching people how to break in, you know, like that's, you know, for me I, and Cameron and, and even Pierre, like we're, we're pretty self-motivated people. And I know you guys are too, but a lot of times what happens is you just need more guidance. You want it, you, you know, you, you need more structure of like, Hey, what should I do? Just tell me what to do and I'll do it but I'm a little lost right now. And that's why I'm building this course. So I built a course, um, it should be out in the next month or two. So hopefully we're shooting for like late April, early May. Um, but it's gonna be several tiers that people can uh, get into. But again, it, the whole goal is it's gonna teach you everything you need to do to go for it. And the price point is not even close to $20,000. Um, because again, it needs to be a financial, uh, financial spot. But I will just be honest with you guys it's also not going to be $30. It's going to be one that it's an investment for you guys. But at the end of the day, you know, just like medical sales college uses it to sell their product, right? The average rep making $177,000 now, right? What What's that worth to you if it's a, if it's a whatever price point. So again, not saying it's going to be $30. It's not my ebook anymore. Um, but again, this is going to be for the person who's like, you know, I'm going to have, I have nine modules uh, just to give you guys a little deep into it all the way from like, what is medical device sales and why you should be interested in to it to after you've landed the job how to run a successful how i took this territory who was the lowest performing territory and i broke top five how i top broke top 10 you know being able to provide resources to you guys to have at all times and so that will be coming out here in the future because again i get messages every single day um and it fills my cup of the blessings of people breaking in but also you know they're all like man i wish you had a course i would like they they i just took the feedback i was getting because they're like i would pay so much for this because you've helped me in such a big way and like i wish there was something where you could just buy it from you go through it and you get a job and like i said as a personal trainer who got four job offers from top 30 companies you know landed a territory manager job with one of the top companies in the world and i've done that for so many other people you know i I'm not saying I'm sitting here to be an expert, but I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm very confident that I can get anybody hired um, if I work with them. As, as long, and I should mention this, as long as they're a motivated person as well. Yeah, you got to put in the work, you know, like you, you can lead a horse to yeah, water, but you can't make them drink. I've used that saying too many times in my life already. And then I, I think the other one that might hit wrong right now that we just went over uh, a national meeting right now is uh, never save, you know, your big gun until the end because you might never get to use it. But, you know, that's what the online platforms are. That's what all the information that we're putting out there is. It's a lot of stuff that a lot of people are looking for. That's why we put it out there. A lot of this stuff is free. As you see, Cameron's giving you guys free tips of what got him in. It was just literally doing research. Go do your work, put in the time. Everybody's got the same 24 hours in a day. And beyond that, like 
if you're not motivated enough to go do that yourself, then you're really not gonna ever get into a field like this. You can go get another job, but you're not gonna get into medical sales if you're not and motivated you enough do, to already do it yourself. Like, let's just mention that every once in a while somebody will get in, you're not gonna be a top player. You know, you're, you're gonna be on the bottom of the, the barrel. And the thing I do just wanna mention is like myself, but also Pierre, like, we put out so much information because again, our goal is just to help people, right? It's just to make as much impact on people. If you go through all of our stuff, you'll break in for free, I promise you. But are you willing to dig through that? That's why we put together the books. That's why I put together the course because I learned this with personal training. I can give them the course or I can give them the workouts, but if I don't tell them exactly what to do and when to do it, most people won't do that. And that's why I'm doing it. So if you want it all put together and have it lined out, okay, you might have to pay some money because it took time out of my day to really put together like the course I'm putting together for everybody, investment financially and time-wise for myself to help a lot of people. So again, that's where it's like, it's written out, but I promise you, you do that and you give it the, you know, the under 10 hours that it's telling you, you'll get it, I promise you. But if you don't want to pay the money, live on YouTube, YouTube University, baby. And then it's, learn it and then go practice it and that's you know again that's my best advice to everybody everything's free and you can do it if you're willing to but then again if you're wanting the easier way sometimes you know or you just want guidance sometimes a financial investment can be well but also i'm not trying to you know put you in debt that's where my just so you guys know my price point won't be where it's putting you in debt but it's going to be an investment for yourself to hey do you really want this or not because i'm as you guys can tell when I talk and what I do, I'm not about the halfers. Um, you're either all in or you're all out because I just don't, I'm not going to waste my time with people who just kind of want it because those are the people who don't get jobs. That's perfect. Well, guys, we're right at that hour and I want to thank both of you for hopping on, uh, getting a lot of questions, you know, out there that people are definitely wondering about. So hopefully, if anybody has other questions, you know, leave them in the comments, reach out to us. You can find us on LinkedIn. Um, Cameron is an awesome guy. I'm telling you right now, he's already helping somebody else get into the field. So I'm sure if you go and find him, do your research, his name's right there. But if you're not going to look at that, if you're on the podcast, then, you know, do your research, find him. And I'm sure he'd be willing to give you guys any information that he can to, you know, pay this yeah. forward. It's all we're trying to do. So until the next video, guys, guys. we are out.